This is the Tan Report. I'm your host, Tan Trung. So I recently read this article or survey, I'm not quite sure what to call it, but it was online. Creditcards.com put out a list ranking the states where people have the highest and lowest average amount of credit card debt. Not surprisingly, Mississippi and Louisiana are well represented. Number one is Mississippi, where the average credit card balance is $4,792. Louisiana is third in the nation. Here, the average balance on credit cards is $5,492. The list takes into consideration the average household income of each state. So that's why Mississippi, even with a lower amount of credit card debt, is number one, because people make less money in Mississippi than they do in Louisiana, which isn't saying much. One of the main things is that Louisiana is not uh, not paying living wages. That's Malika Honore, who wears a lot of hats. Malika, if you can introduce yourself and tell us your title and what you do. All of what I do. <laughs> I know you have a lot of titles. <laughs> but we'll let's focus narr- on that let's one. Let's narrow it down to, to credit counseling and okay. getting people out of financial straits. For sure. So I'm Malika Honore. I'm the CEO and founder of Honore Credit Consultants. And we help hardworking women and men and ambitious business owners unlock the keys to financial freedom by teaching them how to leverage credit. So teaching them how to use other people's money to grow their businesses. They also help people in some tight spots with their credit card debt. What sort of situations are you seeing and hearing when they walk through those doors? What are people facing right now when it comes to foreclosures? Foreclosures. We're getting to see that. We knew that was going to be happening, right? Foreclosures. um, Light off. Like that for me as a single mother kills me. Um, And so we're always saying, you already live in paycheck to paycheck. How can we help you? So pretty much people are, are looking for us to be saviors. And that's a lot of stress on us because they feel like we're going to do some miracle things, but with not very much money. And they all even put out services on on credit cards, right? And it's already maxed out. And so hearing, I need your services. I know I need your services, but all of my cards are maxed out. We hear that all the time. Can you put a finer point on it? I mean, when by the time they get to you, are they in the most dire straits? They're desperate. Of their they're desperate. And talk about pressure, right? They're desperate. They come in crying, right? Um, they're desperate. We've had people call us suicidal. Um, and so much where we have connected with real professionals, mental health people, that we can refer those services to. My personal experience with credit card debt wasn't that extreme, but that's mainly because I had a brother looking out for me. Back in college, and we're talking more than 25 years ago, I got my first credit card. I remember a tent was set up on campus and MasterCard was offering free credit cards. I signed up but didn't use the card much. This is when cash was still a thing. After I graduated, I started using the MasterCard here and there, nothing huge. I carried a balance of about 500 bucks. I always paid at least the monthly minimum, and sometimes more, but never paid the balance in full. I didn't have the money after rent and bills. Clearly, I didn't realize what the interest was doing to the balance. By 2005, eight years after I opened the account, I had about $8,000 of debt on that MasterCard. One of my older brothers, who was always looking out for me and asking if I was okay financially, was pretty direct when I told him how much I owed on the credit card. He said something to this effect, Dude, you gotta pay that off as soon as possible. I told him I was trying my best, but I had student loans, and I was sending more than the minimum on those because the amount of the loans was bigger than what I owed on my credit card. He understood the interest on my student loans was nothing compared to what the credit card was charging. So he said, look, I'm going to pay off the credit card for you, and you can pay me back at your own pace with no interest. It was a bailout that pretty much saved my ass financially. It also made me more disciplined in how I used my credit card. 
I managed to pay my brother back in three years, and I couldn't thank him enough. Malika also had her own struggles with money when she was younger. There was a point in her life that she had to take out one of those payday loans. What does that payday loan do? Because, I mean, it, it, and I've never had the experience of going to I have. <laughs> well, what, what does it do? I mean, what did it do to you? I mean, Absolutely what, nothing, because they're not even giving you no money, $200. But I'm not crazy. I realized that $200 15 years ago was somebody's light bill, right? It was somebody's gas money to get to work, get the children to school. So it really just puts a Band-Aid on, and for two weeks, because in two weeks you got to pay them. But you're already living paycheck to paycheck. But when you pay them back, or if you don't pay them back, then what does that interest look like? Because It's like 100 and some percent. So you, for a $200 loan, you're paying $300 back. I really think that that should be, Louisiana got to, I think the country need to do something about that. There's been a lot of talk about cracking down on. They got to remove loans, those because those are killing our people. At the age of 27, she opened a successful daycare in New Orleans. Her financial future was beginning to take shape, and she made sure she stayed grounded. I opened up a business. I kept my job, actually, for two jobs. The only job I had was at the House of Blues, my only job in my life. Kept that job for two years, and I had my first child care facility and kept both of them. So my daycare center was my additional stream of income. My job paid my bills. And then I was stack, 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 stack. Then learning about credit, right, learning how it works, uh, and learning how to play the game because it's indeed a game. But there was a saving element. You stacked oh, money. Yeah. There has to be some, oh, yeah. some saving at some point. Yeah, stack. So my additional stream of income was my business. I pretended like that business wasn't there because I was already – I'm not going to say I was living. <laughs> I was surviving, right? So I kept a, a raggedy car. Right, I was living in a rundown apartment. I'd say this. Uh, my husband at the time was so mad. He was like, "Listen, we got daycares. We could do it. No, we're not. We stay in the course. Right? We have this to pay our bills. We got this so that we can get out of this hole. This was after Katrina. Right? After Katrina, we lost everything. So we're still trying to get out of the hole. And so I knew enough to minimize my spending, right, and live off of my job." and then take my second stream of income, which was my business, to stack. And I did that list. I didn't get my first credit card until I was 35 years old. I started my daycare at 27. So how often do you use your credit card now? Do you use it often? All day. I don't even have a debit card. But I'm a different type. I told you I'm a radical, right? About that, Malika's personal approach to credit cards dramatically differs from what she and her credit consulting company would advise their clients take. So hypothetically, if I'm a client of yours, would you say... Do as I say, don't do as I do. Yes, exactly. Okay. And I say that. Let me tell you something. The one thing about me, people hire me because I'm real and authentic. Her own experience with debt helps her understand what many of her clients are going through. When I sat down with her, I wanted to get some practical understanding of how somebody in Louisiana can get out from underneath their credit card debt. Malika told me it's not easy in a state like Louisiana. I spoke with you and I called your company because I saw... CreditCards.com put out a survey ranking Louisiana third when it comes to personal credit card debt relative to household income. I don't know where they got their numbers mm. because they said the average household income was 75000 in Louisiana, which seems very high to that me. That is very high. And I wonder where they get the numbers from, too. <laughs> 
we won't dig into that too right. deeply, but 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 let's we use that as a baseline. I, I think for both of us, we understand that Louisiana is a relatively poor state. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're one of the poorest states in the U.S. When you hear a number, a credit card debt level of five thousand or so, which is what CreditCards.com is working off of, what does that do to a person when you have that level of credit card debt to their finances, to their ability to move? up in the ladder when it comes to buying a house, business, so on and so forth. And when I saw that, because I went and looked it up, um, we know for sure in my office it's, it's that Louisiana is not making a living or paying a living wage. Um, New Orleans, is, Louisiana is still seven twenty five minimum wage. And so we know that to be true. So a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of mental problems, are always stressed out for families. With, and then single mothers, that's a whole nother situation. So a lot of anxiety, a lot of people being stressed out, just trying to live day to day. Because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, $5,000 in debt or $5,000 of debt on paper doesn't sound like a lot. Mm-hmm. But what do you think are sort of the socioeconomic factors that we're dealing with in Louisiana that complicate a person that has that level of debt? They're living paycheck to paycheck. So they're already living paycheck to paycheck. And so adding on $5,000 type of debt with on top of interest, we know about interest, right? Um, it's a lot of, again, I'm going to say that a lot, a lot of stress, people being stressed out. But Louisiana is living paycheck to paycheck. And I would say less than paychecks. So because, again, a lot of times people come into my office and they have payday loans that's on their credit report. Um, and so, that again, that goes back into what I'm saying. People are living less than paycheck to paycheck. Ninety percent of our clients are black um, and 62 percent are from Louisiana. Right. Um However, we still have some, so medium income, I'm going to say, and medium for me is not 75,000. Medium income is 40-something thousand. And that goes back to saying the income level is not raising. Malika says the low wages in Louisiana are the biggest contributing factors in people's credit card debt. But there's another aspect of Louisiana that may be at play. The second thing is our culture. We are a celebratory culture in Louisiana. We celebrate everything. And I can tell you in the black community, if we're going to a second line, I'm going to say, we got to buy a whole new outfit. We got to get our hair done. We got to do everything, right? And it's more than New Orleans because I get to travel to Baton Rouge and Lafayette. They're still doing the same thing. So a lot of our culture is embedded in celebrating. That means you're spending money. You know, even if it's that you have to bring food, you know we're family-orientated, right? And it's Louisiana, period, Shreveport. I'm always in Shreveport. And they're doing the same thing. So we celebrate in our culture, which means we're spending money. That's the second thing. And then education. We're not educated whatsoever so that we can't even qualify for the higher-paying jobs. The higher-paying jobs are even not coming to Louisiana um, because they know we suffer in education. Going back to that celebratory aspect, is that a lack of discipline? Definitely. We live in Louisiana, we live for today. We don't think about tomorrow. And so and it's and I know that to be true because of course we do. So in my office, we hand we literally hold their hands and we talk to them month to month. And on the consultation calls, we're relationship builders. And so it's like, well, what you doing? What's going on this month? Da, da, da. And they always tell her, oh, my daughter's doing this thing. And oh, we got a birthday party here. Everyone. And it's not just New Orleans. It's all over Louisiana. So we don't think about tomorrow. We think about today. 
How easy is it right now to fall into credit card debt? Very easy. Very easy. Why do you think that is? Oh, gosh. Um, because look, uh, they give you credit cards. The minute, like my, my clients, the minute we get them to 680, they have credit card offers flying. No, that's the credit card score, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Once they get to a certain point in their credit scores, the banks are there waiting to send them credit cards. And right now they're doing all kind of offers. People are talking about, of course, banks are holding out. Man, I've seen myself, I've seen eight credit card offers for 0% financing. In the last 30 days, right? Um, but, of course, the and that interest is 28%, which I think is rape almost. 30% of a dollar is your interest. And so it's so easy to get in debt because they're slinging them. They're, they're giving you checks. They're doing a whole bunch of things to lure you in. And, again, we're already living paycheck to paycheck. And so we look at this credit card as our savior for a minute until you get too deep in and you don't know how to get out of it. So in order for you to have great credit scores, you have to have a credit card. I'm going to say that again. In order for you to have great credit, you must have a credit card. So I'm always challenging the whole thing with Damn Ramsey and people. Damn Ramsey can say that because he's a millionaire. He can say all of that, right? But you can't have great credit without a credit card, right? And so FICO, I mean, this is real, real deep. But FICO don't even give you a credit score until you have one thing reporting on your credit report. And usually, of course, it's student loans first. But student loans don't give you a higher credit score. The only way you can get a decent credit score is by having credit cards. Because we need credit cards to make a good credit score possible, Malika says the deck is stacked against us. And I often say this credit is a game. And it's not meant for us to win. Why? Because business. Because the house wins every time? That's right. Business, right? And I, and I educate our clients. And we say, you know, the credit bureaus, I, I say this often. I used to believe that credit bureaus was a government agency. A lot of people think that until I realized they're a business just like my business. And if they're a business just like my business, their job is to make money. So then you think, well, how do they make money? Right. We're not we're the consumers. Their businesses, their people that their loyalty are banks are these predatory lenders, because in order for them to report this stuff on the credit file, they have to pay the credit bureaus. And then once you get to a certain credit score, like we just said, you get to a certain credit score, the algorithm shoots out to all of these banks saying, hey, we got one. And then they're sending all these credit card offers. So, again, people have to educate themselves, and, and it's not for us. It's really for the banks and the big boys, I always say this, to make sure that they're winning and, and making money. If you're dealing with people who have fallen into debt before, I've been one of them. My brother was very kind to, to help bail me out, and I paid him back. I wasn't paying the bank back. Right. Um, not everybody has that resource, but when you need a credit card and you've been battling with debt, but you need a credit card to maintain good credit, like, how do you balance that? Like, how do you advise your clients to kind of stay in their lane and be diligent about this? So, again, our clients are actively with us month to month, and so we challenge them to never go over 20% utilization of a credit card, right? 20% utilization, I'm going to give you an example. If it's a $1,000 credit card, 20% is only 200 Right. The minute you go over 30 percent, the algorithm shoots out and then your scores are dropping. So we're month to month monitoring their utilization of their credit cards and we're fussing at them. 
say, oh, no, what did you do? Why are you, you know, creating this debt? This credit card is only for building. And we re- we tell them at every month. And they always, oh, what happened was my car broke down. Well, what happened before you had that credit card? What would you do? I wouldn't have a payday loan. It was always different alternatives um, to getting themselves out of that hole. But I'll tell you, when they get the credit card, they're so happy. They don't realize it, though. Right. They're happy for a good 30 days until that bank uh, sends them that bill. And they're like, oh, my God. So we advise our clients to only use these cards for building. That's it. And and I say this all the time. You know, credit, they'll say credit. You mean build, use it to build credit? Their credit, yes. So how, how do you do that? So FICO, right? The pie chart, and, and, you know, we can explain this later, has five different parts. 35% is utilization. is credit history, which means you're paying your bills on time. Credit utilization is making sure you don't go over that 30% because your scores will drop because it tells the algorithm saying that you're living above your means. And so whenever the algorithm drops, it shoots out a message to all the banks to not offer you credit because now you're living above your means. And so that's what I mean by building. Majority of my clients come in wanting to purchase their very first home. That's it. Something as simple as purchasing that first home. So we're reminding them of what their goal is. You came in this door, right, to purchase a home. Not to do this, not to do this. And I give myself permission to, like, whip them sometimes because you paid me. And we even joke about it. We're like, you like paying me? You must like paying me because you're not doing nothing I'm telling you to do. Right. So they're so excited to have these credit cards because in that moment they think there's a little bit of relief. Right. Um, but then when that credit card bill comes, then they're all stressed out again. So my, we advise our clients to never go over 20% utilization. The magic number is 5 to 7%. And only use this card for building your credit score. That's it. So using that rule of thumb, don't go above 20 Use Stay within like 5, five to, to 7%. 7%. Yeah. So how, like, what, what would 5 to 7% look like per yeah. month? Like what, what are you using Netflix. It for? Okay. Gas, right? One time. <laughs> Gas can, can Listen, fluctuate. fill up your tank once a month, and that's all you use it for. And then we advise them to put your bills on auto pay. I have this, this thing that I tell my clients, and people may disagree with me, right? And so I tell people, put all of your bills on auto pay. On the credit card? For all your bills, including the credit card. I will take a NSF before I take a 30-day late payment. What's NSF, sorry? So when you bounce checks and you don't have the money in the account, I will pay. This is how serious credit is. I will pay an NSF of $28 or $35 versus a 30-day late payment. I've seen a 30-day late payment drop somebody's scores, credit scores, by 100 points. You know what 100 points difference in the credit score is? It's a lot. It's really interesting. I, I never thought of it that way, that... By putting it on auto pay on a credit card, that way you're, it's never going to be returned like Mm-mm. insufficient funds Mm-mm. because it's on credit. Yeah. And now you're just working to, to pay down that credit card bill. Yeah. But is there a danger in that? It too? is. Because it's a danger in all of it. But again, this is a game. And it's not for us to win. I say that all the time. Credit is a game. Credit card is a game. Being in credit card debt is a game. And so, again, it's not made for you to win. 
If Kreta is a game, then Malika is an ultra player. This is where do as I say, not as I do applies. I have personally opened my new businesses um, with 100% credit cards. All of it. So you open new businesses using all credit. That's the power. I have access to six figures or more of credit, other people's money. And so for that, again... I'm telling you, oh, it's building and it's building and it's building slow. You have to be in my position. And I'm careful of saying that to certain people because I know my lifestyle is is a blessing. But that's not our average people in New Orleans, right? And so I'm always careful of who, what group I tell that to. Can I go back to this notion of you opening your business on pure credit? Pure credit. Isn't that dangerous? It is dangerous. But so an how, do you manage? how do you manage? I have several businesses, and one thing about me is that I know how to make money. That's for sure. Like, I know how to make money. Um, I'm blessed in that way. I can see, I have a vision of certain things that people don't, and it auto always generates me lots of money. So, yeah. Malik. It's definitely dangerous. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that you admit that. It is. Let me ask you, Malika, this is something you would not advise your clients to do. I would not. We as entrepreneurs think differently about credit and debt because there's a such thing as a good debt. Yeah, I've heard of a healthy amount of debt. Yes. What is that? I mean, I know that that probably varies from client to client, business to business. But in general, what does a healthy amount of debt look like? It looks like a lot for certain people, right? We accept, we like to keep our cash flow flowing, right? Access. We like our cash that we can touch it and we have always access to it, right? Good debt for me is, um, I'll tell you, I bought a fancy car. Right, a fancy car that the IRS said I can completely write off 100%. Also, I'm in a financial industry, it looks good to be in a nice car. Right, um, I buy a property right off of credit cards, I've done that. So, those are examples of good debt and what that looks like. Not to get into your personal, you can business, get in my personal business. <laughs> but what, what happens if like something happens, like you have an accident and like you're carrying like a tremendous amount of debt? Or do you ever fear that? Like, how do I? pay this off if something happens. I think every, I mean, a lot of people think that way. I mean, yeah. You know, when they're carrying debt, it's, it's just this thing that looms over us. So you got to keep in mind, like, I'm a radical entrepreneur. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. That's I cool. Am, yeah. Right? I have worked for myself, and I, it, it's more than me. My whole family is employed by my businesses. My mom and my auntie, my sisters, my cousins, my nieces and nephews, right? And so there's always bankruptcy for me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, I'm going to work and leave a legacy for my family, period. There's no other option. So I do realize this. this but listen, we talk about Donald Trump all the time, and I always bring him up. He knows that there's bankruptcy, right? Uh, and he knows how to wiggle the system. And I've been blessed to learn all those wiggles of the system. But there's always an option for bankruptcy. Okay, for folks that are not Malika Honore and not Donald Trump, though, I mean— Taking those risks, and we're not radical entrepreneurs like you. Yeah, I think many of us. I'll just say for me, mm-hmm. uh, I was raised in a family. It's like you know, stay within your means. Mm-hmm. Don't be too risky with money. Don't use beyond what you have in your wallet or your bank account. Are those things that we should still adhere to? We need to. We have to because again, I'm telling you, the first thing we talked about is how the clients are coming in. They're stressed out. Right. But reality is that they are already not surviving. 
They're already dying, literally. Um, and so either they have to create a second stream of income to maintain or figure something else out. So when somebody comes to Malika Honore and say, girl, I'm, I have $5,000 or let's just shoot it up and say I have $10,000 in credit card debt, what is the first action that you would suggest that they do? Like, how do you get, what is the first step in getting yourself or managing that debt? So we're always helping them trying to find additional streams of income. So we have a whole list of home-based uh, jobs that they can take. It, they have to bring in more income. That's the only answer. You have to find other streams of income. Um, and so we have a list of uh, ebook of like 50 places that you can go and, and, and different websites where you can go and make 100 bucks extra a month. Right, and if you do that five times, now you have five hundred dollars. When Uber first started, we were telling everybody, "You got a car? <laughs> Go Uber!" Right? You have you have to find additional ways of making money. What does their debt level look like? More than five thousand dollars. That's why. So when you said that, I was like, "Oh, I know." These numbers. That is not again. I don't know where they get those numbers from, but our average people are well over ten thousand dollars of debt, making thirty five, forty five thousand dollars. So they are struggling. How huge of a mountain is that to climb when you're looking at over ten thousand dollars in credit card debt? Man, that's a fourth of your paycheck. That's a fourth of your paycheck, and I'm gonna keep saying they're already living paycheck to paycheck. Right, and so we have people suffering right now. And when you're looking at, you know, some uh, interest rates are, you know, twenty percent, twenty eight. Twenty eight. I've seen twenty eight percent. So that that's increasing every month, correct? Yep. yep. And especially when you're not paying it, on top of late fees, on top of you stacking up, stacking up, and within three months you have almost tripled the balance just on fees. Going back to what you said that there's no way in hell, it seems like, that you can get out of this without getting at least a second stream of income. Yep. Is there a way that you pay the minimum requirement? The minimum it's not going to get you month? out. It's not going to get you It's out. just paying the interest. It's just making sure that they don't report it to the credit bureaus and saying you're late. But it will do absolutely nothing to getting you out of debt. Absolutely nothing. What if you double the the minimum required payment. So that will help a little. So the minimum will go towards your monthly interest, and then the second part will go to the principal of the balance. So that'll help a lot, a little. But then think about how many years. I was just going to say, that sounds like that's a, a multi, multi-year process. Yeah, to, maybe to 10 years. get that off your yeah. plate. And that doesn't happen because they're still using the card. And then at that point, because so much of your money is going to manage that debt, or to pay it off, I mean, you can't save. You can't. My conversation with Malika reinforced just how fortunate I was when my brother paid off my credit card and allowed me to pay him back with no interest. I'm not sure how many people in Louisiana have that kind of help. And when they don't, some turn to people like Malika Honore. But by the time Malika sees them, they've fallen deep into debt, and Malika has to remind them of the realities they're facing. We do a great job, but we're not miracle workers. And their help isn't free. Malika says often her clients will have to use a credit card to pay for the services. Maybe Malika is right. Credit is a game we're not supposed to win. But we keep playing. According to the New York Fed, the total credit card balance for Americans in the first quarter of this year was $986 billion. That's the highest balance since the New York Fed began tracking that figure in 1999. I'm certainly no financial expert, and everyone's money situation is different. All I can say is if you're in trouble with credit cards... Don't be ashamed to ask for help, and I'm speaking from experience. 
in New Orleans. I'm Tom Trung for WWL Radio.